Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, on Twitter, or X, I should say, at Coach Jan Shaw, on Telegram, UK, US Patriot, and on True Social, Success Alchemist. Today is the 21st of October 2023 and the title of today's show is Kazarian Mafia Sees Hostages, Evidence That Politicians Are Not For The People. Once again, it's been rather a challenge to decide what to report on because so much is happening in the world. Uh, but as usual, I'm going to start with Ben Fulford's report, which takes a global approach to things. And then I'm going to cover some things that are critical in the UK and the US. So I hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. Like failed bank robbers, the Kazarian Mafia sees hostages in desperate bid to avoid justice. Again, this is Ben's weekly report, which came out on the 16th. So obviously it doesn't include things that have happened since then. The events in Israel are in every sense a hostage-taking event by Khazarian Mafia criminals seeking to avoid arrest and war crimes tribunals. They are also trying to start World War III as their get-out-of-jail-free card. They are doomed to fail. To understand what is really happening, though, we need to step back and look at the big picture because what is going on is truly biblical. It is the end of a multi-thousand-year attempt by a satanic cult to enslave humanity. It is also about the liberation of the Jewish people from thousands of years of Babylonian slavery. Let us start by pointing out that nowhere in the Bible do they mention the Star of David. Calling it that is an insult to the true descendants of King David. That is because in Acts 7 verse 43 and Amos 5.26, it is mentioned as the star of the sacrificial cult of Moloch and Satan, the sworn enemies of King David. Clear evidence we are dealing with an ancient satanic cult came when Turkish police confiscated Torah scrolls decorated with satanic Illuminati symbolism that were stolen from the 2,000-year-old synagogues of Satan in Syria. After investigators carefully unravelled one scroll, they discovered a picture of a ram's head inside what appears to be a pentagram. There are more Torahs found in Syria in 2018 featuring satanic symbolism such as the demon Baphomet, Illuminati triangles with the all-seeing eye, blood libel, serpents, Kabbalah hand signs, owls and many other things. It is interesting to note, by the way, that the Rockefellers are descended from Syrian Jews. This cult takes over societies and forces them to work against the interests of their own people. 
To understand what happened to Western Christian society and to the Jews long ago, he uses the example of a parasitic wasp at work. The wasps start by taking over the brain of their host by injecting pleasure-causing chemicals to make them accept their parasites. The parasites then start by enriching their hosts until they are ready to subvert them and suck them dry before moving on to another host. It is an exact metaphor for what happened to the United States and many other Western countries. When I first asked Asian secret societies to help liberate the West, I told them you would never have surpassed us in GDP if we had not become infected by these parasites. They were warned they were being groomed as the next host. Polish intelligence provides us with a good case study from S. Wysocki's book, Jews in the History of Poland, of how a society is subverted. The carving out of the Jewish state from Polish lands was proposed by, among others, Jacob Frank already in the 18th century. Brothers and fellow believers, we need the country to become our kingdom. Try to remove Poles little by little from all the more important positions and concentrate all threads of social power in our hands. Everything that belongs to Christians should become our property. The Israeli Union will provide you with the necessary means for this. In order to carry out the plan to wrest Galicia decisively from the Christians, all our rich people have signed up for considerable sums. Baron Hirsch will give, the Rothschilds, the Bleichreds and the Mendelssohns and others will give. The other thing to understand is they are willing to take many centuries, if necessary, to take over a society in order to prevent their hosts from realising what is going on. The recent pandemic and vaccine crimes, for example, were planned for more than a century in advance. It started with the Rockefellers taking over the medical associations back in the 19th century. There was also a report describing the planned pandemic by the Rockefeller-controlled World Bank in 1975. What is now happening in Israel, Gaza and elsewhere has been planned for at least a century. Freemason Albert Pike wrote this before World War I. The Third World War must be fermented by taking advantage of the differences between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam the Muslim Arabic world and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. We shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm. Then everywhere the citizens will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude, disillusioned with Christianity, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer. So the events in Gaza, the mass murder via vaccination, the huge influx of military-aged male migrants into the West, the collapse of social order in the US, etc., are all part of a long-term plan to enslave humanity. And there's a screenshot of a, an ex-post by somebody called Wyatt. Fact, the Rothschilds created Israel. Fact, the Rothschilds own the central banks and money itself. Fact. In December 2019, as COVID-19 was announced, Jacob Rothschild stood with satanic witch Marina Abramovich in front of a painting called Satan Summoning His Legions. Fact. Rothschilds ran Epstein and Maxwell. That plan is now failing because the people are waking up. 
They know there is no American government nor any other Western government. There is only the Khazarian Mafia and the world governments they control. This is definitely coming to an end. High-level intelligence agency officials from Mossad MI6, the P3 Freemasons, etc., have reached an agreement to prevent the planned World War III with pinpoint assassinations and arrests of top Satanists. People like Klaus Schwab Rothschild, David Rockefeller Jr., Bill Gates are merely the public faces of secret controllers. It is those secret controllers whose names we are withholding for operational security reasons who are being targeted along with their Bill Gates-type frontmen. And there's a screenshot uh, from an article by Frank Bergman. Bill Gates plows millions into plans to advance mRNA vaccinations in Africa. This is being said publicly as well. Russian President Vladimir Putin called Schwab a globalist terrorist who is holding humanity hostage. In a speech in Sochi, he warned that the days of this elite were numbered. Putin believes that globalists, including Schwab, are legitimate military targets because they are trying to illegally seize power. Schwab, of course, is freaking out. His World Economic Forum is calling on world governments to make the viewing or sharing of alternative media online a criminal offence. A memo issued by the WEF calls on its young global leaders to lay the foundations for coercing the public into trusting the mainstream media again. Part of that coercion includes criminalising the consumption of non-mainstream sources. In other words, they have lost the ability to control the world narrative and knows this means their doom. The events in Israel are also to distract from KM's defeats on all fronts. Hunter is out of the news. Border is out of the news. Ukraine is out of the news. Speaker drama out of the news. Biden crime family is out of the news. Worldwide illegal immigration invasion is out of the news. Horrible economy is out of the news. Now do you get it? Another point to mention is that we contacted Japanese diplomats and Israeli citizens who are actually in Israel and they agree that most of what we are seeing in the news is fake and is being orchestrated from outside of Israel. Here is what a Mossad source had to say. The Israeli Gaza situation is on hold. There must be a lot of high-level negotiations taking place outside the country, as you said, This op is being run from outside Israel. Here is some of the evidence we are dealing with a massive BS storm. Israeli Crime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu proclaimed Hamas terrorists bound, burned and executed children. They are savages. Hamas is ISIS. In case you didn't know, ISIS stands for Israeli Satanic Intelligence Service, not to be confused with the Jewish Mossad. Next, Israel's President Herzog says, not since the Holocaust, burnt offering to Satan, have so many Jews been killed in one day. Then Israel's Minister of Defense, Yav Gallant, told troops massing for a ground invasion of the Gaza Strip, we have abolished all the rules of war, our soldiers will not be held responsible for anything, there will be no military courts. Even Adolf Hitler didn't go that far. No wonder a sign that says Israeli government putting Hitler to shame was spotted among anti-Israel protesters. The KM hypocrisy is now out there for all to see. 
In case there is a misunderstanding, when Russia does it to Ukraine, it's a war crime. But when Israel does it to Gaza, it's all okay. Nothing to see here, folks, just the satanic KM at work. The corporate propaganda media has also lost all restraint. The New York Times posted a photo of a crucified child to justify killing Palestinian children. This was instantly debunked. It shows the American-Canadian electrical outlet in the image. Also, CNN journalist Sarah Cinder, who announced on air that babies and toddlers were found with their heads decapitated, has now apologised for spreading false information. In another example, a fake photo of the horrors of Hamas, made by artificial intelligence, shared by American columnist Ben Shapiro and the PM of Israel himself, originally showed a dog. We also see a fake video of people supposedly trying to break into Israel on the Lebanese-Israeli border. In another fake, Ursula von der Leyen of the EU rushed to a, quote, bomb shelter in Israel, end quote, as part of fear porn being staged for the sheeple. However, if you watch, this is me, however, if you look at the video that's embedded, you'll see that they're all smiling and happy, which is hardly indicative of needing to go to a bomb shelter in fear of some kind of attack. The thing is, like we mentioned last week, the KM have cried wolf so often that nobody believes them anymore. A poll by the Jerusalem Post shows 86% of Israelis blame the government for the Hamas massacre and say Netanyahu must resign. We know that Egypt has warned the Israelis three days prior that an event like this could happen, Michael McCall, the chair of the US House Foreign Affairs Committee, said. Now it has been confirmed Netanyahu ordered the Israel military to stand down for seven hours during the Hamas invasion. The Israeli military knows that these attempts to provoke a war with Israel's neighbours would be suicidal. Israel will be in big trouble in the event of a Middle East war. Its 170,000 active soldiers would face about 1.6 million soldiers from Gaza, the West Bank, Lebanon, Syria, Egypt and Iran. Fortunately for Israel, its neighbours are not buying into the KM lying psychodrama. Even Hezbollah, Hamas's closest ally, has not made any attempts to open a second front. Instead, the Jews are going to finally take long overdue revenge on their satanic overlords. Pulitzer Prize-winning veteran U.S. investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch, citing an unnamed veteran of Israel's national security apparatus with inside knowledge, says Netanyahu is finished. He is a walking dead man. He will stay in office only until the shooting stops, maybe another month or two. This is up on US President Donald Trump's True Social. Bibi Netanyahu is the operational head of the Khazarian Mafia. The Khazarian Mafia, KM, is a worldwide organised crime syndicate that has deeply infiltrated and hijacked the political institutions of the United States of America. And it's actually a retweet of the same Wyatt, whose screenshot I mentioned earlier. Or should I say a retruth, not a retweet. Our own Mossad sources say the original Netanyahu is long gone and that his avatar and those controlling it will be gone very soon. 
We are hearing the Joe Biden presidential avatar and its controllers are also on their way out within a month, according to CIA sources. The other thing we need to be reminded of is that the Ukrainian war has ended in total defeat for the KM. There are now mass surrenders of Ukrainian troops as the plan to create Greater Khazaria implodes. Now Oleksiy Mikolaevich Arestovich, former officer of the Chief Directorate of Intelligence of Ukraine, admits the national idea of Ukraine is built on lies. The American people have now stopped financing these lies. As Colonel Douglas McGregor says of the large popular movement he heads, we are tired of listening to this business about Republicans and Democrats. We are tired of the Uni Party. We are bringing together Americans who share our larger traditional values, such as fact-based news, God, country and family. We want to end these pointless interventions overseas and restore the rule of law. We are indulging criminals and it is destroying our society. The US military has your back, Colonel. So do the United Auto Workers. On Wednesday, they shut down Ford's biggest plant globally, halting production of lucrative pickup trucks with little warning in blow to Ford that could quickly undermine the automaker's full-year profits. They are fighting against the theft by the KM of hard-working Americans' money. In the past four years, car companies' profits were up 65% while auto workers' pay failed to keep up with inflation and rose only 6%. GM CEO Mary Barra made nearly $29 million US dollars in 2022, 362 times the median GM employee's paycheck. There is a feeling that the system is fundamentally unfair to the workforce that is doing all the hard work, Harry Katz, a professor of collective bargaining at Cornell University, told CBS News. The KM debt slavery system is crashing. Major U.S. banks are continuing to close branches across the U.S. Bank of America axed 21 branches in the first week of October. Wells Fargo shuttered 15, while U.S. Bank and Chase reported closing 9 and 3 respectively. In total, some 54 locations had either closed or were scheduled to close in just one week between October 1st and October 7th. The pharmaceutical industry is also imploding. Only 2% of Americans have taken the new COVID vaccine. Pfizer stock has hit a 10-year low and it is a good bet that the company will soon cease to exist while its managers are sent to jail for war crimes. Secret documents obtained by the Russian military clearly reveal a paper trail linking the Doherty Institute in Australia to Ukrainian biological weapons laboratories. An official new study out of Japan has concluded that all COVID variants were engineered in biolabs and intentionally released into the public. Japanese police are now investigating war crimes by the Ministry of Health and Welfare the pharmaceutical corporations and their KM controllers. The same is happening in the UK. Not too sure about that for reasons I'll share in a later report. He continues, war crimes trials are a certainty now. Of course, the KM will not go quietly into the night. There are secret armies of hundreds of thousands of military-aged males standing by to wreak havoc in the US and Europe. ISIS has a huge presence in Venezuela, and many Venezuelans crossing the wide-open U.S. border are actually ISIS militants. 
A British Army veteran says mysterious UN-supplied containers are being supplied to migrant hotels around the UK. Now the fake rubber mask KM Pope Francis is also pushing for mayhem by saying Israel has a right to defend itself. What he fails to mention is that Israel needs to defend itself from Satanists, not from its Arab neighbours. Now the Christians are fighting back. Archbishop Carlo Vigano has called out the fake Pope's heretical papacy and the infiltration of the authentic Catholic Church by the deep state Freemasons who plan to separate into a new church to go with its new world order. They have completely gone against all of the moral teachings and are now allowing the marriage of sodomites as well as keeping their pedophiles from prosecution. Meanwhile, as the West struggles with its satanic infestation, the rest of the world is leaving them eating dust by, among other things, starting the hydrogen age of virtually free energy. India and Saudi Arabia have signed a Memorandum of Understanding, MOU, for grid interconnections, green, clean hydrogen, and the supply chain for the same. China has just launched the hydrogen fuel cell power demonstration ship, Sanxia Kingzhou One, Three Gorges Hydrogen Boat Number One, completed its maiden voyage. Most of the world is getting in on the action by attending China's Belt and Road Forum this week, so unless the West removes its satanic parasites, it is only a matter of time before we all report to Chinese bosses. And that's the end of his article. I'm going to move on now to the evidence that politicians are not for the people. And the Uniparty is ruling the US and the UK. And this is centred around the voting for the appointment of a new House Speaker. Now, Jim Jordan was the nominee and he's faced now three votes in which he hasn't won sufficient votes to be appointed. And the Daily Signal reports on 20th yesterday, as Republicans vote out Jim Jordan, more GOP members step up. During a secret ballot on Friday, House Republicans voted to remove Jim Jordan as the nominee for Speaker of the House of Representatives. Republicans held the closed-door vote on Friday afternoon after Jordan failed to win enough support in a third vote, Fox News reported. According to Punchbowl's Jake Sherman, Jordan lost handily in the 112-86 to 86 vote. Shortly after, Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma announced that he is seeking the leadership role. Tom Emmer of Minnesota, Mike Johnson of Louisiana, Dan Moiser of Pennsylvania, Jody Arrington of Texas and Jack Bergman of Michigan are also reportedly considering the role. Incidentally, in later news, Byron Donalds has also put his name forward and is getting some support. He is very much a MAGA candidate Uh, the same as Jim Jordan. Jordan obtained 194 votes from Republicans on Friday morning. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries had 210 votes from Democrats and 25 Republicans opted to vote for candidates other than Jordan. And it lists out the people who voted against Jordan. During Friday's vote, three new Republicans who had supported Jordan in previous votes flipped against him, Fitzpatrick, Keane and Molinaro. 
This is despite the fact that McCarthy nominated Jordan for House Speaker, praising him as a leader, a listener and a fighter. But then we can't really trust McCarthy, can we? He did say Jim is the right person to take that seat behind me to be our next Speaker of the House. Now, bear in mind, this is happening while the phone lines of these Republican congressmen are being lit up by constituents saying they want to have Jim Jordan elected as Speaker of the House. So it's obvious that they don't care what their constituents want. It's just purely self-interest, which, as I said, is why they are revealing themselves as not working for the people but for their own self-interest. The other interesting news related to this, and this is from the Gateway Pundit, Exclusive. 13 of 22 rhino holdouts derailing Jim Jordan are connected to FTX and voter mule donations. Congressman Steve Scalise, Republican Louisiana, who is undermining Jim Jordan for House Speaker, took money from Sun Bankman-Fried's illegal for FTX campaign finance operation, as did 13 of the 22 rhino holdouts. According to Breitbart, Steve Scalise is the driving force behind the 22 rhinos who have prevented Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, Republican Ohio, from clinching the House speakership after two rounds of votes. Trump endorsed Jordan as the clear choice of grassroots conservatives. A top House GOP aide reported, constituents are literally melting the phone lines. Some offices' numbers are permanently busy. Thousands and thousands of people are calling their members of Congress, demanding Jordan for Speaker. But several sources are claiming Steve Scalise is orchestrating the holdout that is preventing Jordan from clenching the Speakership, including Debbie Dooley, a grassroots activist and Louisiana native. In an ex-post... She said, time to remove Steve Scalise from being majority leader. He is untrustworthy. I am hearing from very reliable sources that Steve Scalise is doing his favourite thing to do, backstabbing. Not the first time either. I know what went on a few weeks ago, Representative Scalise. Scalise advocated a few weeks ago that cuts to Social Security and Medicare cuts would be on the table for debt reduction. Can you say ads throwing grandma off the cliff in 2024? My family lives in his district. Scalise is pretending to support Jim Jordan, but is organising the ones that refuse to vote for Jordan. He voted for Jordan, but is encouraging others not to behind the scene. He is what is wrong with DC Swamp. Burn his phone lines up, telling him to stop undermining Jordan. Why would Scalise want to undermine the clear choice of the people and President Trump? Evidence unearthed by grassroots researchers in Scalise's home state of Louisiana indicates that Scalise has taken money from the FTX money laundering scandal. The former co-CEO of FTX, Ryan Salami, pled guilty early last month to conspiracy to make unlawful political contributions and defraud the Federal Election Commission and conspiracy to operate an unlicensed money-transmitting business. Salami admitted that his job at FTX was to illegally funnel money to Republican politicians and political causes, while his co-conspirator, Sam Bankman-Fried, funneled money to Democrats. 
According to Salami, the donations were to support initiatives supported by Bankman-Fried. Bankman-Fried's dearest initiative appears to be Joe Biden himself, as he made the second largest single donation to his 2020 presidential campaign. Another initiative of Bankman-Fried was Steve Scalise, the man currently preventing Jim Jordan from becoming Speaker. Bankman-Fried's straw donor and co-CEO Salami donated 2900 to Scalise a month before the 2022 midterms. $2,900 is the maximum donation allowed by an individual. In fact, 13 of the 22 holdout rhinos also accepted donations from Ryan Salami, almost all of them maximum donations. Direct illegal donations from criminals like Ryan Salami and his co-conspirators are just the tip of the iceberg. It is suspected that FTX and entities like it are laundering possibly billions of dollars to politicians and causes all over the country through fraudulent campaign donor mules. As previously uncovered by the Gateway Pundit and the O'Keefe Media Group, donor mules are people whose identities are being used without their knowledge to launder large amounts of cash into campaign coffers of politicians. These fraudulent donations make it appear that these politicians have significant support from real people when they are really being funded illegally by special interests. The donations are typically small but frequent. The small amounts don't arouse as much suspicion as large donations, but the total amount of cash from single individuals can add up to tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Follow-up investigations with the people whose identities are being stolen often reveal that they are average Americans who are really donating only small amounts to one or two candidates, but they are being credited with massive numbers of donations in the Federal Election Commission records. Steve Scalise's FEC records indicate significant donor mule activity. For example, a retired woman from Marietta, Georgia, is credited with donating to Scalise 98 times in a single day with amounts varying from $3 to $22.50. And the article actually includes the FEC records just to prove that this is true. There are many similar incidents in Scalise's FEC records. Research continues on how much mule activity appears in the campaign accounts of the 22 holdouts preventing Jim Jordan from becoming Speaker. In an editorial from the Epoch Times, and this is by Jeffrey Tucker on the 20th yesterday, why they fear Jim Jordan as House Speaker. In the backdrop of the controversies about who is to be voted Speaker of the House of Representatives is the awareness that this role is third in line for the presidency. The current president seems barely functional. The number two in line is absent without leave, never qualified in any sense, and is universally regarded as a joke if she is regarded at all, which she mostly is not. That leaves the Speaker of the House very close to the centre of power. For many people in Washington, this is a huge problem. The Uniparty decided some years ago never to allow another populist, meaning someone who actually responds to the public in reality and not just in rhetoric, near the centre of power. When the spot suddenly opened up, thanks to a vote pushed by a rebellious member, it threw the place into chaos. 
Jim Jordan of Ohio stepped up as the most respected and popular member among the grassroots of the party. Everyone has seen him on television. In his activism, he is everywhere at once and a passionate opponent of business as usual on Capitol Hill. By any normal standard, he was a shoo-in, provided the grassroots gets their way. The phones lit up for days and days with people calling and demanding an on-record vote and ready to punish lawmakers who shrunk from their responsibilities. Thomas Massey of Kentucky, one of the few national politicians with real backbone combined with high intelligence, has the highest respect for Jordan. Here is what Massey wrote in the thick of battle. These are important words. I've taken thousands of votes during my time in Congress. No roll call has been as clarifying as the one for Jim Jordan as Speaker. Why isn't his election easy here? Because his leadership represents a credible threat to the unchecked growth of our bloated federal government. Of course, the mainstream media describe Jordan as far-right and a Trump guy, which certainly gives the wrong impression. If those words mean anything at all, beyond signalling, we don't like him. What he is, in fact, is the best investigator of deep state machinations, a fierce debater and a dedicated opponent of corruption and big government on all fronts. He is a good representative of the most prescient and powerful ideas within the GOP. Most especially, he has a bead on the administrative state as the hidden enemy of the US Constitution and American liberty generally. And this is precisely why certain powers that be in Washington, D.C. were absolutely dedicated to making sure that he could not get this close to the centre of power. The urgency these days to keep the racket going and keep rebels at bay has become extremely intense. The deep state wants to keep a lid on it. They are behaving as Machiavelli described the wise prince, better feared than loved. Also, like the prince, they would rather crush and destroy than give small offences that can be avenged. In the case of any authentic representative of the populist movement, there is zero tolerance. This is why the DC insiders have yanked at every possible lever of influence to keep Jordan from the speaker's chair. Here's the critical issue. The administrative state that has long run Washington, DC, has two main branches – the old civilian bureaucracy that presumes as a matter of course that it is really in charge of the country, plus a deeper layer of the intelligence community that knows for sure that it is the real power running the nation. They have both lived in the shadows for a very long time without members of the general public discovering it is the fourth and most important branch of the government. It's not in the constitution, but it runs things no matter what. The election of Donald Trump in 2016 was a real turning point. Here is where the panic set in. The ridiculous claim that Russia was responsible for his election was the first PSYOP. It took years and vast resources, but that supposed investigation turned up nothing of any substance at all. It was worse than a partisan attack. It was the old Washington fighting for its life against something they truly feared. That turned out to be only the beginning. The worst of it came when they finally deployed the ultimate trunk-crushing scheme, the response to a virus that led him to green-light lockdowns, which led to trillions in spending, money creation and explosive welfare payments, not to mention a huge attack on the property rights of just about everyone. 
The only beneficiaries were the big businesses that hated him and the Democrats who gamed the virus fears to liberalise mail-in ballots used to cause his loss of the White House. Part of the motivation here was Trump's clever scheme to reclassify deep state employees as subject to the president and not their labor unions. That one change, finally shoved through in the weeks before the 2020 election, would have done more to drain the swamp than anything he had yet tried. That was the real moment of panic. Without a permanent and unelected deep state, the whole scheme would dry up and fundamentally falter. The pandemic response is what finally exposed the administrative state to the general public and gave rise to a next-level mass movement determined to stop this robbery of the American idea. That's where we are today, a tremendous and existential struggle between the people and the deep state, exactly as portrayed in every dystopian novel. Get that and you understand most every headline in the American press today. And it's not just the United States. This great struggle is taking place all over the world. It's a battle between the elites and the people. The former have all the power, but the latter have the passion and the ideas. What happens now really depends on an iterative series of steps that seemingly have nothing to do with the big picture, but actually they do. The election of Jim Jordan as Speaker of the House is part of that grand struggle, one of many more to come in the years ahead, This is why there are so many people determined to stop it from happening. If someone like this can be third in line to the presidency, where does that leave the permanent bureaucracy in D.C. and all the interest groups for whom they carry water? As of this writing, we don't know the final outcome. But this much we know for sure. This is only the beginning of a very long battle to take back the powers of government for the people. And I do believe that's an excellent analysis of the situation that we're facing. Now on to the UK. And this is going to focus on the debate that Andrew Bridgen had to request 20 times before it was granted uh, in terms of looking at the excess deaths. And in his speech, he did actually refer not only to the UK, but to other countries that are seeing the same effects. And the debate, unsurprisingly, was scheduled for what they call the graveyard shift, which is late Friday afternoon, when most MPs have already gone home to their constituency. And to me, it's the biggest disgrace to see that I think only about 12 MPs turned up for this debate, which made the House of Commons virtually empty. Vigilant News reported on this. They did actually make an error in the date. It says October 29th, but actually it would have been yesterday, the 20th. Excess deaths take centre stage in first ever UK Parliament debate on the silent health crisis. The experimental COVID-19 vaccines are not safe and they're not effective, said MP Andrew Bridgen, and he brought the receipts to prove it. The issue of saving lives has suddenly taken a back seat in the post-COVID world. In the midst of the pandemic, daily death tolls became a familiar feature in media reports, particularly by outlets like the BBC. Yet the same media outlets have been conspicuously silent about a recent surge in excess deaths, 
especially after the rollout of the so-called COVID-19 vaccines. MP Andrew Bridgen has tirelessly sought to bring this grave issue to the forefront, facing as many as 20 rejections before being granted an opportunity to discuss the topic. Friday, October 20th, Bridgen got his chance to raise his concerns and to an empty chamber but a large audience watching from afar. Bridgen gave a 24-minute speech on the topic of excess deaths. Here's a summary of what he brought forth before the UK Parliament. Skewed data. Andrew Bridgen expressed significant distrust in the data presented by the Office for National Statistics, ONS. He criticised their method of incorporating 2021 deaths into their baseline, suggesting it artificially reduced the appearance of excess deaths. Highlighting an alarming trend, Bridgen pointed out that a significant number of deaths are under investigation by coroners, especially among younger demographics, leaving us without an accurate count for 2021. When examining excess mortality, the youngest age brackets became pivotal. An increase in deaths amongst them is glaringly more noticeable than in older demographics. Notably, there have been increased deaths among 15 to 19-year-old males in the latter half of 2021. However, in a perplexing move during a judicial review, the ONS withheld specific data concerning younger children, admitting its significance yet not divulging any further information. Bridgen's scepticism extended to the ONS's initial claim that vaccines were safe based on their data sets. He challenged their explanation that the low number of deaths reported in the three weeks post-vaccination was due to the sickest individuals not receiving the vaccine, and he took note when the statistics regulator deemed the ONS data unsuitable for assessing vaccine safety and efficacy. Additionally, Bridgen contested figures claiming that vaccines saved 20 million lives, as discrepancies in mortality rates across different countries challenged the universally acclaimed benefits of vaccination. The vaccine controversy. The post-vaccine era has presented deviations from expected patterns in mortality, especially within older populations. This shift corresponds with a reported surge in ambulance calls and disability claims. Most intriguingly, many regions with lower vaccination rates, like London, report lower excess death rates. There has been a consistent rise in cardiac-related deaths post-vaccination, an issue repeatedly flagged. One of the most shocking revelations that emerged from Bridgen's speech was the disturbing rise in heart emergencies among young people. Specifically, the numbers showed a staggering 67% increase in cardiac incidents among 15 to 44-year-olds in November 21, peak of vaccine mandates, leaping from a historical average of 1,300 a month to 2,172 that month. To further emphasise his point, Bridgen highlighted data from South Australia which witnessed a concerning 35% surge in cardiac emergencies in 2021 when compared to figures from 2018. Bridgen strongly suggested that the COVID-19 vaccine is the likely culprit behind this increase, especially after ruling out other potential factors. Ending statements. What will it take to stop these products, MP Bridgen asked. 
the complete failure to stop infection was not enough. And we all know plenty of vaccinated people have caught and spread COVID. The mutation of the virus to a weaker variant, Omicron, that wasn't enough. The increasing evidence of the serious harm. So for those of us that were vaccinated, that's not enough. And now the cardiac deaths and the deaths of young people, apparently not enough either, Bridgen lamented. It's high time these experimental vaccines were suspended and a full investigation into the hands of cause initiated. History will be a harsh judge if we don't start using evidence-based medicine. We need to return to basic science, basic ethics immediately, which means listening to all voices and investigating all concerns, he continued. In conclusion, Mr Deputy Speaker, the experimental COVID-19 vaccines are not safe and they're not effective, despite there only being limited interest in the chamber from colleagues. And I'm very grateful for those who have attended. We can see from the public gallery there is considerable public interest. I would implore all members of the House present and those not to support calls for a three-hour debate on this important issue. And, Mr Deputy Speaker, this might be the first debate on excess deaths in our Parliament. Indeed, it might be the first debate on excess deaths in the world. But very sadly, I promise you, it won't be the last. One thing he didn't mention in his speech in related to excess deaths was turbo cancers, which have exploded following the administration of these so-called vaccines. Um, he was followed by the health minister, who was then trying to debunk all his claims, saying that the excess deaths are more likely related to the delays in people with issues or serious health issues being treated by the NHS. But, you know, that person is always going to defend whatever the government did, despite all the evidence against them. The other disgraceful thing about this was what the BBC did in their broadcast of this debate. And this next article is from Exposing the Darkness, which is the Lioness of Judah substack. Meanwhile, in the UK Parliament, gaslighting extraordinaire. And the article goes on to include screenshots of ex-posts showing the screens on the BBC's coverage. And the first is from Matt Letissier. Wow, during Abridge and speech in Parliament today on excess deaths, these are the overlays that were put at the bottom of his live speech on the BBC. And Anti-Lockdown Alliance does the same thing. Since when did UK Parliament TV display messages like this? Official vaccines do not contain any ingredients that cause harm in such small amounts. And another, official NHS guidance states that government-administered vaccines are safe and often essential for public health. The NHS says COVID-19 vaccines used in the UK are safe and the best protection from getting seriously ill with the disease. Most people with allergies, including food or penicillin allergies, can be vaccinated against COVID-19. And so it went on. I mean, talk about propaganda and it's unprecedented to have that kind of narrative overlaid onto a parliamentary debate. And to be honest, the UK people are absolutely up in arms about it. Not only that, but also the absolutely appalling show 
by other MPs who declined to attend the debate. I think a lot of them are just going to be voted out by the people. And at the end of his debate, Andrew Bridgen and the people who contributed positively got a standing ovation from a crowded public gallery. So that shows how much the people are in support of what he's trying to do here. I'm going to finish with as much as I can fit in from a setting news, which is James Gilliland. And this was published on the 18th. It's a newsletter by email, so I don't have an actual link to be able to share. The title is A Setting News After the Eclipse. It's been a while since the last newsletter. We have been very busy clearing energies on a massive scale and other projects. With all the events unfolding, we can no longer ignore the obvious. Things just are not right. They have not been right for a very long time. Nothing is as it seems and nothing is what we were told. What is not right or in alignment with universal law is all coming to the surface. The chaos we are experiencing is the healing. The overlords, those who believe, and he emphasises the lie in the middle of that word, they control this planet, are being seen for the vile sociopaths they are. They have two agendas, profit and control, and they will do anything to maintain that control. If humanity wakes up to what they have done, it's game over, so all of humanity is a threat. Imagine if 8 billion people figure out who they are and what they have done. This is exactly why they want 7 billion of the population gone and have been very vocal about it. We cannot depend on lawmakers at the highest levels to enforce universal law or any law for that matter. The highest levels are corrupt. We cannot depend on the lamestream corporate sponsored media, social media as well, to tell us the truth or politicians. Politicians in most cases are not going to vote against other politicians because they all have dirt on each other. There are two reasons why politicians will not be honest with the people with what is unfolding globally. Most have dual citizenship with Israel, backed by APAC, the political arm and lobbyist of Israel. If you want to know who they are, they are the ones screaming the loudest to destroy Hamas, putting on quite a show for their handlers. The other is Jeffrey Epstein, who was Mossad and had blackmail tapes on many of them. Is there any doubt why we have never seen the list of Jeffrey's clients? There are photos of prominent politicians from Biden down, Adam Schiff, allegedly visited over 70 times. That long list also includes both parties. We are in no way supporting or downgrading the atrocity of what was carried out by Hamas. It was brutal and heart-wrenching. No one is asking why, what drove them to this extreme hatred. Palestine was their land and now they have been reduced to a 5 by 25 mile postage stamp over the years. The Rothschilds, Kazarian Jews, created Israel, which over the years displaced hundreds of thousands of Palestinians, taking over almost the entire country. To this day, they are treated as second-class citizens. Know your history, and he shows a map of the history of Palestine and how their land has been reduced to this tiny bit that's left. There is a difference between Khazarian Jews and the Jewish people. Know the difference. Do your research. Did you know that Ukraine used to be called Khazaria? Any bells go off? 
Anyone connecting the dots, figuring out who is really in control? Could it be Khazarian Jews, the international banksters who financed every war since Napoleon, a satanic Luciferian death cult that has infiltrated governments globally? Most cannot handle the truth. You will never hear this on mainstream news because they own it, most of social media as well. Whenever the masses give their power away to outside forces and officials, in time it is used against them. In a republic, the power remains with the individual protected by the constitution. We live in a constitutional republic, not a democracy based on common law. Unfortunately, it has been corrupted by those who seek power and control over others and will do anything to maintain that control. The war and disease profiteers undoubtedly are in control for now. They control the banks, the media, most of your politicians, almost every institution, and have corrupted the original constitutional republic. This is going to be reset, but it is a monumental task due to the extreme level of corruption. Our only option in the past has become like going to the foxes to complain about losing our chickens with expectations of them doing something about it. By their nature, they will eat your chickens now that you told them where they are. After the endless man-made plagues created in biolabs, millions of deaths, 250,000 children now and counting have died suddenly after the vaccine, according to the CDC. The CDC and the WHO continue to boast the vaccines are safe and effective. They never were safe or effective. Their own hidden research proved this from the very beginning. History has proven the endless wars we have engaged in were based on lies, misinformation with hidden agendas. The big question is who gains from the wars and disease, the war and disease profiteers. Who are the war and disease profiteers? It's a no-brainer. Those who profit, the billionaires who are in control behind the curtain. Who is doing their bidding? The ignorant, the critically thinking and morally impaired, supported by those living in denial of the obvious. Those turning a blind eye to what is happening all around them, adversely affecting them, their families and the planet, watching their freedoms being whittled away to nothing. The socially engineered who believe the power elite are going to save them and the planet. The global elite, also known as the New World Order or WEF, as their public forums stated clearly their goals are the opposite. The Green New Deal, the wars, the plagues are nothing more than transfers of wealth to the war and disease profiteers. Your alphabet agencies work for them, some of which were complicit in starting these wars, the distribution of bioweapons included. Yes, COVID-19 is a bioweapon. They have mansions, multiple cars, yachts, personal jets, yet tell you that you have to do without. Reduce your carbon footprint. You will own nothing. Eat bugs and be happy is their slogan. He then covers the very suspicious situation where Hamas managed to get over the border and kill people without Mossad even knowing about it or claiming not to know about it. And of course... Netanyahu ignored the warnings from Egypt that there was going to be a major event to come. Um, he also covers the fact that the Israelis are sick of all of this and 86% believe that uh, Netanyahu was responsible and are calling for his resignation. Uh, it talks about the different false flags that were used to start these endless wars 
And then until the people take back their power from the war and disease profiteers, we will always have war and disease. Pain, suffering, death and destruction is all they have to offer and they are all getting rich from it. Guess who is carrying out their wishes in ignorance, denial or due to being integrity and morally challenged? Guess why the lamestream media goes along with all of this? Now jumping to the positive ending to this. What they did not factor in is a higher power, a greater plan, an event no man or woman can stop. It is the planetary liberation, the awakening and healing of humanity and the earth. It is an event backed by God, creator, great spirit itself, along with the many beautiful ascended masters. Saints and sages, spiritually and technologically advanced off-worlders. It is cosmic in nature, measurable and has to do with grand cycles. There are also those of noble character in positions of power and influence who see the writing on the wall. The world, the war and disease profiteers desire is unsustainable. It is on a downward spiral leading to social, economic and environmental collapse. We now have a choice individually and collectively if we are going to take this downward spiral. The upward spiral is living a spiritual life in harmony with each other and nature. The two realities are dividing. Everything is being amplified and revealed. What took years, sometimes lifetimes, to come around, the karmic boomerang is taking hours and days. The apocalypse is also known as the great reveal, where nothing is hidden. All the iniquities will be shouted from the rooftops. Time to get right with Creator. It is also time to live according to universal law. Universal peace, brother-sisterly love, individual freedom and prosperity for all. This is universal law. It is also known as unity consciousness, the law of one. There is no division in God. God is omnipresent. Act accordingly. It is not hard to do. The hard part is being brutally honest with yourself and others, finding the courage and impeccable integrity within. Have fun with that. This is going to be a very intense ride, challenging people to their bones. Time to pray for help on high, act and be the solution. We cannot expect the leadership of today to solve these problems. It is like Einstein said, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result is a form of insanity. We are in what has been referred to as end time madness. Hopefully this will interject a little sanity into what is unfolding. Do not be duped into participating in these wars. Choose peace. So as I've said many times before, we are going through the great reveal and the great awakening continues. So it's really important to be able to stand back from what's going on and not be caught up emotionally as unfortunately so many people have done in knee-jerk reaction to what's put out by the mainstream media. Um, it's being neutral, the observer, and being able to critically think, as uh, James Gilliland encourages, and take nothing at face value. So that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show and you'll join me next week for another Cosmic Creating show. I'd like to thank Nancy for producing and Derek Condit for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio. You can see him at mysticalwares.com. He has a wonderful website full of metaphysical goodies and shungite. 
And just as a quick reminder, you can find out more about me at thesuccessalchemist.net. So until next time, stay well, be safe, and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.